Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. Boom! This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in. Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Hello, champion, and welcome back to the Everyday is Saturday podcast. Sam Crowley here, the Mr. Saturday, live from One Saturday Central in Cincinnati, Ohio, with the number one motivational podcast on the planet. You ready to go? You ready to get going? Is your week off to a great start? It hasn't ended. It's just another day in the week. Remember, we are not rats in a race. Monday, weekend went too fast. Friday, TGIF. You get to dress down on Friday. That's so dumb, right? None of us believe any of that stuff. Every day. Is Saturday. Talk about valuing your time. The amount of people who do not value their time, it hurts, man. It hurts me to see it. And I want to share with you why. Because so many people put a real big value on money. You know, there's just this paper exchange going back and forth um, as opposed to what's really the most valuable thing. And that's every minute. Now, look, I'd love to tell you that if I'm not working out at the gym, I'm creating content, and then when I'm not creating content, I'm on the internet banging out social media posts, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm reading my Bible, and and then I go to bed. <laughs> Look, I'm human just like you're human. What I have learned to do with a lot of work, let me tell you, none of this came simple for your boy, all right? But with a lot of work and a lot of coaching, I have learned to compartmentalize my day to where it's like uh, gunpowder, you know, really compacted in a short period of time that helps to really explode my activity, useful activity, you know? So I just want to help you out with that today because when I first got started online, yeah, I wasn't making any money at all, you know? I Think about it. I mean, there was nothing out there. You would Google my name and some dead guy from the 1800s came up. I was nowhere online. I was like, well, this is a little bit daunting. No job, three kids on the age of five, no income coming in. 1300 a month for health insurance, COBRA, that they give you when you quit your job, but you got to get off of that in like 18 months. But that was 1300 a month just for health insurance. Crazy. So uh, the wall started closing in on me <laughs> and mentally. I tried to keep a smile on my face for, you know, on the outside. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, boy, I got to figure out how to generate some income. So I was podcasting. So that's how I got started. And I was blogging. I don't even know anyone that blogs anymore. And if you do, congrats. I just don't know anybody that does. But back in you know the early 2000s, everybody was blogging. And so I figured out, well, I know how to do this. At least I know enough to get my own up and running. And I wonder, you know, would anybody pay me? Well, I found out real quick, yes, they would. How did I find these people? Well, relationships I had in, in my previous uh, sales position, clients who I knew had businesses. I'm like, hey, you should have a blog on your website. Helps people find it. And they're like, okay, how much? And, I don't know, 500 bucks? Like, okay, great. I'm like, well, that was easy. Next time it's 1000 That's the one thing I learned as well is that it's just as easy to ask for $5,000 as it is for $500. All right. Now, assuming that you're creating value. If you're not creating value, then it's not easy because it's not worth anything. But when you're really creating value, and value to me 
is simply determined by the amount of pain the client is in and they want to get out, out of that pain and they have a really big why, sense of urgency. Urgency without a problem, there you cannot do what I just described and say it's just as easy to quote five grand as it is 500. Because if they don't have a sense of urgency to get something done, then it doesn't matter. They'll be like, okay, well, let me think about it and talk to my spouse and kick it around and, and figure out real quick why I don't want to spend any money. But with urgency, that changes everything. So anyway, uh, getting back to this, what I did wrong, though, uh, is I would ask that question. Hey, have you ever thought about having a blog or a podcast? Like, oh, yeah, I'd love to meet with you. You know, I was locally here doing it, you know, belly to belly at the time, taking people to coffee and lunch and things like that. And what I found out real quick is they were just wasting my time. They had no interest in starting a blog or a podcast. And I found out, well, that's 20 minutes to get to the coffee shop, an hour meeting with the client, and 20 minutes to get home. Let's just call it two hours. Two hours of my time. And I was getting really mad that I was just meeting with people that had no interest in paying me any money. So I remember seeing online at the time, this was, you know, this was 20 years ago or so, but I remember seeing online that the average millionaire values their time at $534 an hour. And, you know, even this college dropout was able to compute real quick that I'm looking, I just wasted, you know, over a thousand bucks real money. In, in that time, because I, I positioned myself as a millionaire, uh, which was really crazy. I mean, just think about it. If you grew up, most people probably do and they understand, you know, not everybody born, is born a trust fund baby or grew up with a upper class upbringing. I certainly did not. I mean, I, I didn't grow up, you know, any no money in the house. You know, we rented a we rented a house. I'll, I'll give you an idea. Our house in Bradford, PA, sold in 1987 the house we moved into in 1964, I was born there in 1968, the house sold for $4,000, okay? It gives you kind of an idea. And then I got bulldozed because it was just a just a rickety old, you know, it was a beautiful childhood. I mean, I, it's so funny because when you think back to your home, I mean, my kids now and most kids, they have no idea what it was like growing up. And, and yeah, I'm going to talk, I'm going to sound like that old man, but they really don't have any ideas. We didn't have phones. We just played outside till the streetlights came on. And, uh, you know, parents didn't, it's not that they didn't care where you were. There was nothing to worry about. You, I was out playing baseball or basketball or football, Sandlot, and nobody ever cared. But back then, you know, it was, it was really great. So anyway, my thoughts around money were just uh, only rich people. It was only for a certain class of people. I could never have money. Like, that wasn't even a possibility, especially after I, you know, dropped out of Penn State after a couple of years. It definitely wasn't positioned to make money. So I had a lot of work to do around the mindset of valuing my time because I had a very low self-esteem. I was an hourly guy. I always got paid by the hour, whether outside of my paper route, but my paper route took 45 minutes to an hour every day. I got that when I was 13 years old. So, you know, every other job I got paid by the hour. Um, and that was pretty much all I knew. So, and I'm not talking, I'm talking minimum wage was 425 an hour when I worked, uh, you know, hourly jobs. So when I, even into my 30s, and this crazy, think about how crazy this is. Even in my mid-30s, I did not value an hour's worth of my time, even though I was making over 100 grand a year in a corporate job. Uh, it, I know it sounds crazy. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you feel the same way, like you don't value your time. You'll let people, I call them time vampires, okay? They will steal your time and have no problem doing it, and they'll do it with a smile. And look, these aren't bad people. I'm not talking about these are your enemies. I'm saying these are friends and family. Because you haven't placed a value on your time. 
And that was the biggest shift I made in my life at the time was placing a value on my time, being protective. I never took a phone call. I still don't. I don't answer my phone because I don't, I'm not in control of that call. Now, if it's my wife or kids, obviously I'm taking the call, but I do not take outside phone calls ever. I let them go to voicemail. And if it's somebody that I want to call back, I will return the call. And if it's somebody that I don't, then I won't. And is that being mean? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's being normal. Like not every person deserves a call back and certainly not every phone call deserves to be answered. You know, nothing, you know, nothing is crazier to me than when I'm out to dinner with a buddy or something like that, their phone, oh, hold on, I got to pick this up. And I'm, you know, we're sitting two inches from each other at the, at the dinner table and it's a nothing conversation. Something like, oh, yeah, really? Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, hey, listen, uh, I'm at dinner right now. Can I call you back? That did not need to take the call. No emergency whatsoever. So the re another reason why I don't take phone calls is I am not in control of that call, meaning I'm getting ambushed about something. You know, I don't I have no idea what they want to talk about. And they could be dragging me right down a rabbit hole of a conversation that I definitely know I don't want to be in because my frame of mind is not in that. So when you call somebody back, you are now in control of the call. You're in a good place. It's quiet around you. Your thoughts are gathered and you can return that call and have a great call. And you know the limit that you want to place on that call. But when I figured out that $534 an hour thing, man, I was like, there's never again. I'm never offering my service for free unless there's an opportunity, not a guarantee, but at least a chance that this person's going to become a client and pay me money. So what, the, what does this mean to you? Well, if you're not doing, if you're doing what I used to do, and you're just taking every call or jumping on every Zoom and you're in sales or something similar and you just want to help everybody out. Look, we all want to help. We're good people. You're a good person. It's not that you're a bad person if you don't take everybody's time and show them all the great stuff that they can do with their life or their business, but you need to qualify the time. It's got You place that value. Now understand, if you're giving somebody even 30 minutes of your time, this is 20 years ago, 534 an hour. It's probably 1,000 an hour now, you know? So for every 30 minutes you give, you're giving away 500 bucks. So most people value money. Successful people value their time. So understand, if you're going to give 30 minutes away, you're out 500 bucks. You give an hour, you're out 1,000. And you want to talk about a sense of urgency, like I talked about earlier, from the client, flip that on you. You will have a much greater sense of urgency for the time and the value that you place on that. And like anything, man, I wish I would have known this when I was 20, but I didn't figure it out till I was 40. And uh, hey, that's wisdom, right? We gain wisdom after we figure something out. That's always the way it works. And that's why I always say I never fail. I either win or I learn. You never fail. You're either winning or you're learning. And when you learn to value your time, and I mean really value it, not just say, oh, I value my time. Well, if, if it's not showing up in your actions, then you really don't value your time. So rather than trying to you know, clip a coupon and here or there and save 10 bucks on a piece of software here or there, don't do it. Buy, pay full price. I, pay, I love paying full price. Here's one other thing. This podcast is going to go longer than 10 minutes, which is unusual for the show. But you know what's wild too? Let me share this with you and we'll wrap it up. When I go to dinner now with my wife, I never order off the right side of the menu. What's on the right side of the menu? The price, right? This was another thing I picked up from Harv Ecker in the Millionaire Mindset book I read a long time ago. Uh, another guy I never thought I'd share the stage with and ended up speaking with, crazy how life works. But I always order what I want from the restaurant. Never look at the price. When I order a bottle of wine, I just look at what I want. I never look at the price. 
So, well, that's not true. I just lied. Okay. So if it's a $500 bottle of wine or a $200 bottle of wine, no, homie don't like wine that much. Uh, so I do look probably 80 bucks and under for a bottle. But food, never. Harvecker taught me that in The Millionaire Mindset. If you've never read that book, get it. It's a great book. It's timeless. It probably is 20 years old, but it's a great book. And he said, look, don't order off the right side of the menu. Order, order off the left. Order what you want to eat because you can always make money. And, and a, a dining experience should be enjoyable, not stressful. Because every time I went out to eat with my mom, guess what we always did? You can't have that. You can't like we would circle everything I couldn't have, which is great. Look, my mom, I'm welfare. It's not it wasn't I, I appreciate that. That's how I grew up. These are long, just embedded thoughts that we have from our childhood that stay with us until we eradicate them. Just boom. And it, uh, it, don't let me tell you all it takes a decision to get that mindset to where it needs to be. So order off the left side of the menu next time you go out. All right. It's really a cool experience. You know, you eat really well. And when the bill comes, uh, you leave a nice tip. I always tip 20% or higher. If it's a really great service, I tip 30, 40%. Because these people, I used to be in the food and beverage business, called the F&B business. Uh, and I, I always respect and, man, I, I want to over tip these servers because uh, it's just it's just everybody wins. You win because you get it back. You give, you get. You give, you get. You give, you get. All right. That's enough of the Value Your Time podcast. Hey, would you do me a favor? If you go here, ratethispodcast.com forward slash Saturday, ratethispodcast.com forward slash Saturday, your favorite podcasting app will pop up. Leave a rating for your boy. I'd appreciate it if you like the podcast and you want more people to tune in. All right, ratethispodcast.com forward slash Saturday. And if you already left a rating, I love you. I love you even if I never met you. I love you. All right, let's go. Have the best day ever. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Everyday is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Everyday Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Everyday is Saturday podcast.